Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. Today I'm going to start preaching a series called Victory Found in Love. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, Victory Found in Love. How many know that victory is found in your love walk? Come on. Today, if you are believing for victory, then the first place you need to look at and begin to examine is the way you love. Amen? Come on, let's just right now get into this. I'm going to preach for 30 minutes, not long. But I want you to receive from the word of God today. I want you to get your heart ready to receive because I believe lives are going to be continued to be transformed this morning. Amen? Amen? Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, for your people today, your church, your body. I thank you that they know they are loved because what has been given to them through the Father, through you, God. I thank you today that they respond to that love by loving you and loving others. And I thank you that the word that you've given your church this year of multiplication, God, that we are increasing and growing and multiplying in our love towards you and our love towards others and our love towards the body. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Today, turn your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 24, 1 Samuel chapter 24, and we are going to go off a familiar passage of Scripture talking about David and Saul, and we are going to begin the process of understanding what true love is, what the God kind of love is, amen, because in order for you to experience victory in your life, You must first understand what love is. When you receive Jesus by faith, what was the first thing that happened? You loved God for what he did for you. Then you believed in him. It wasn't faith then love. No, it was love in the sacrifice. It was a heartfelt love that said, you know what? What God did for me through his son Jesus is true. It's real. And so therefore, because he loved me, I love him, therefore I trust in him, I believe in him. Amen? Come on, today, how many you love God? How many you want to grow and increase in the love of God? How many you want to grow in your increase to the love of the body? Come on, the church. How many you want to grow in the increase of the love for your family, to the people at your job? Because it's very important for you to grow and for us to grow as a church in order to be effective, in order to see God's promises and benefits work in our life, for for in order for us to experience victory in our life. What is victory? Well, victory is being right in the will of God. Victory is following after his word. Victory is seeing God's word manifest within our lives through faith. Amen? How many know that the Bible says that faith is, now faith is? How many believe today in God? How many believe that God is working in your life today? How many can say that God's word is performing in your life today? Come on, every hand should be up because it's through faith that you know that God's word is working. In 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 1, it says this. When Saul returned from the following 
following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engadai. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goat's rocks. And he came to the sheepfolds, by the way, where there was a cave. And Saul went there to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. And the men of David said to him, here is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will give you your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord. The Lord's anointed to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. So here we see that Saul has been trying to kill David. Remember, they were singing, Saul killed 1,000, but David killed tens of thousands. And this was ringing in the ears of Saul, which grew jealousy, hatred, and anger towards David. And so his pursuit and his goal was to kill him. David is here in a cave hiding, running from Saul. And here comes Saul in this cave to take care of something personal. He's by himself. And David's in the back of the cave. See, this was a test from God to see if David would honor him. God was seeing if David would hold true to what God has spoken to him and promised him. And the people around him, his men, were saying, this is your chance. This is your opportunity to take the life of Saul. God has given you this day to destroy your enemy. And see, David could have been persuaded and he could have been manipulated and deceived into doing exactly what those men were saying, even according to his flesh. I guarantee you that he even thought, man, maybe this is my moment. This is my moment to end his life and to become king of Israel. But as we read, as David cut the corner of Saul's robe, it said that it struck the heart of David. He felt like he dishonored Saul that he went against God. And it says this, he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed. See, David understood love. The Bible says that David was a man after God's heart. His sole desire was to please God. How many's desire today is to please God? How many want to be like David, a man after God's heart? Come on, or a woman after God's heart. Remember, when it talks about man, it is plural. It's talking about humanity. Today, when you pursue after God, when you put him first, you will see victory. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity or love. 1 John 4, 8 says this, He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. See, 
The Bible says that God is love, and it also says that love is even greater than faith or hope. Since God is love, then we need to know what love is. Can I get an amen? And we need to understand that it's more than just a human love, a natural love of a feeling and affections. No, it is a God kind of love. Come on, say it's a God kind of love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, the King James Version of this verse translates the word love as charity. And actually that word is agape, and it doesn't express the full meaning of the, or sorry, charity does not express the full meaning of the Greek word that is used in this verse. And according to the dictionary, the word charity means a benevolent goodwill toward or love, of love of humanity. But the actual Greek word that is used here in 1 Corinthians 13, 13 is agape, which means the love of God. Say the love of God. Elsewhere in the New Testament, the word agape is translated love instead of charity. So in John 4, 8, for example, the Bible literally says that God is agape. In other words, God is love. So the word agape means the God kind of love. What is agape or the love of God? Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 again. It says, and now abideth faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is charity or love. So first of all, faith won't work without love. In other words, faith is dependent on love in order to work. Come on. Galatians 5, verse 6 says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. You can readily see that love would have to be greater if faith won't work without it. It takes love to make faith work. Where's your love walk today? You can believe all you want to. You can trust and be fully convinced at God's word, but if you're not in love, Faith won't work. Second, faith won't work without hope. The New English translation of Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, faith gives substance to your hopes or our hopes. You have to hope for something before your faith can give substance to it. So faith is also dependent on hope. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you see, if you do not hope for anything, your faith can't work because it has no goal or object to believe God for. Come on. Therefore, faith can't work without hope. Say faith can't work without hope. Also, faith is dependent on love in order to work. That's why the Bible says that love is greater than either hope or faith. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or the God kind of love, agape, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains. Come on, this sounds like a church service on Sunday morning, right? God has given you faith to remove mountains. God has given you all knowledge. We're going to prophesy. We're going to talk in tongues. Listen to what he's saying. But if I don't have charity, if I don't have the God kind of love, I am nothing. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love or charity, the God kind of love, it profit me nothing. The Bible says that even if all the gifts of the Spirit are manifested through us without God's love, it wouldn't profit us anything. It would be as nothing at all. If he understood all mysteries and possessed all knowledge and all faith, but you didn't have God's love operating in you and flowing through you, it wouldn't profit you anything. Even giving to the poor and self-sacrifice are nothing unless you are motivated by love. Nothing you do will profit you unless it is done for the motive of God's love. Let me read that again. Nothing you do will profit you unless it is done from the motive of God's love. You can readily see why the God kind of love is important and why the Bible says it is greater than faith and hope. Also, the Bible says this, that it's by love or God's love in us that all men will know that we are what? His disciples. How do people know that you are a follower of Christ or a disciple? The love you have. The love you have. See, the Bible didn't say it's by the faith or the hope that all men will know you are his disciple. Can I help you today? Serving God, following after God, building his kingdom, it's not about you on a little island. You're part of a body. We are together, functioning together as a body, as one, in unity, in the same mind, in the same spirit, with the same heart, and the same attitude. You can't do it alone. Come on. So the idea that you can serve God on your own is between you and God, that is deception that the enemy has tried to get in people, and people have readily received and accepted it, and that is why it has stopped them from growing and being effective in the day and age they live in. Because God has called you to a body, and in that body you must love. See, no, it's by God's love demonstrated in and through us that people will know you are a Christian. That's how they're going to know you're a Christian. Not by how much faith you have, not by how much hope you have, but how much you love. The Bible says in John 13, verse 36, By this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love towards one another. How is the world going to know you're a Christian? Because you love one another. I love you. Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Look at your other neighbor and say, I love you. I can love you without even knowing you because who we are in Christ, because we are part of a body. And it says that they will know Jesus or know that you are a follower or a disciple of Jesus by the love you have. So if the God kind of love is so important, then we need to know what it is. Amen. Can we all agree? See, the God kind of love is not the same as natural human love. Natural human love can turn to hatred overnight. Can I get an amen? But God love never fails. See, we find God's love defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Charity, or God's love, suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek not her own. It's not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. It rejoiced not in iniquity, but rejoiced in the truth. Can I get an amen? 
It beareth all things, it believeth all things, it hopeth all things, it endures all things. Charity never fails. Say love. Come on, say love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Uh-oh. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. You see, God's love is greater, say it's greater, than all these things Paul lists here. It's greater than prophecies, tongues, and greater than knowledge. Why is it greater? Because one day all those things will vanish and pass away. We won't need them anymore. Did you know that? But God's love will never pass away. There will be no tongue talking in heaven, no prophesying, no word of knowledge, or the gifts of the Spirit in the operation in heaven. Those things will have passed away, but love, say love, the God kind of love endures forever. It won't pass away because God is love and he is eternal. Not only does God love endures forever, but the Bible says that God loves endures everything that may come along. Say everything. Everything. What does it mean to endure everything? Well, the Amplified Version says this in verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It hopes are fadeless, and the love of God will never fail. Let's read this translation again, but in the Amplified Bible. I don't think it's going to be up there, but I'm going to read it to you because it's important to read this in this version to get the full picture of what Paul is saying. In verse 4, in chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says this, Love endures long and is patient and is kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It's not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude or unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. Love or God's love in us does not insist on its own rights, wow, or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, it is ever ready to believe that the best of every person, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. See, as believers, who's a believer today? Come on, we're believers. We should really take time to let this passage of Scripture soak into the mind and our heart. Just walking in the light of these verses could dramatically transform the way you are living today. It can solve many of your problems today. It would help you understand that you, as a Christian, as a believer, as a man, as a woman, must first love in order to see God work in your life. Listen to this. In verse 4 of chapter 13, it says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Now, some people endure long, but they're not patient and kind while they're enduring. Come on. We're not patient and kind while we're enduring. We can endure sometimes, but it's hard being patient, and it's hard being kind during the process. Amen? Come on, who's ever got overheated before? Who's ever said a couple words you probably shouldn't have said? Who's ever let the best of you just get in the flesh a little bit? Don't lie. See, they endure long because they just have to. 
but they let everyone know that they're enduring too. See, they do it because they have to, but they let everybody know, I'm enduring. Oh, but I love you. (laughs) It's funny. For example, sometimes a husband suffers and puts up with things because of his wife, but he's not too kind while he does it. Or sometimes a wife has to suffer and put up with some things about her husband. It's true, I know. Who would have thought? But she lets him know she's suffering. However, the God kind of love endures long and is patient and kind while it endures. And it doesn't weaken, fade out, or come to an end. It never fails. In verse 7, it says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. You hear some people say this, I just can't love him anymore. Or I've had it. I can't love her anymore. Love can. See, God's love can bear up under everything without weakening or coming to an end. This is the power of the God kind of love. And since the love of God is in you, then you can bear up under everything that comes. Maybe you've said this before, I just can't take this any longer, or I can't put up with this person any longer. But God's love working in and through you can. You hear that? Not you, but the love that's working in you and through you can. Think about how God is putting up with all of us. (laughs) I know that sometimes it can be difficult to put up with some of us. Come on, there's somebody, I guarantee you, that you're thinking right now in your head, man, they're hard to be around. Think about God. He can put up with us, amen? See, God wouldn't ask us anything or something to do if, we couldn't, if he couldn't do it first. If he told us to love one another, then you can do it. Why? Because God is love and you are partakers, say I'm a partaker, of this love which has been shed abroad in our hearts. Now think about David. David loved Saul. David loved Jonathan, Saul's son. He had a covenant. They had a friendship. They had a bond. It would have been very hard for David to come against Saul. And Saul's trying to kill him. I mean, there was times when David got a spear thrown at him and it missed him barely and hit a wall. That happened twice. Think about that. I guarantee you if someone threw a spear at me, I'm coming fighting, right? Come on. But see, he understood love. He understood honor. He understood his walk with God. See, the most potent characteristic of God is that he is love. Love is God's nature. And when we are born again, his love was imparted into our hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God bears up under anything. Don't misunderstand me. I understand that we have been there. I've wanted to quit from a natural standpoint. Of course, I have a flesh. How many have a flesh? Definitely. But the love of God on the inside won't let you quit because it bears up under everything and it never weakens. It never fades out. It never comes to an end. Therefore, if we will just walk in the light of God's love, we will never weaken either. Amen? We'll be able to go on loving people whether our flesh feels like it or not. 
And we are to love people with the same love, get this, that God is. The Bible says this in verse 5, chapter 13. Does not, or do not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. Talking about love. So therefore the love of God operating in and through us doesn't seek after its own or after her own, as the word says. The Amplified Version says this, love or God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. That means divine love is not selfish. It doesn't put itself and seek its own interests first. Can I just say something right now? This is so counter of who we are as humans, isn't it? This is so counter kingdom of God, kingdom of light. How many know that you're part of the kingdom of God if you are a believer? Now, there is an opposing kingdom. That is the kingdom of darkness. And that is operated and man-manded or mastered by Satan himself. And his goal and his desire is to deceive and manipulate and lie to you. And he does this through many different areas. He can do it through people. He can do it through things you watch. He can do it through things you hear. He will do everything he can to get you to stop serving and pursuing after the Father. And he will lie to you. He's really good at it. Some of us have even fallen under the trap of his lies and deception. But can I tell you that you're a part of another kingdom, and that is the kingdom of light. That is the kingdom of God. You are citizens of that kingdom. And see... God has brought you out of darkness into light. You are children of light. Come on, say, I'm a child of light. You are no longer walking after the course of this world, but you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, remember, your mind is the issue. Not your spirit, not your heart, or the heart of man. It's your flesh. It's the mind. And see, we have to continually renew that mind in God. We can't be conformed to the way of Satan and to the way of the kingdom of darkness. That's why it's so important for us as Christians to not see love through a natural love. You can't love your wife that way. You can't love your kids that way. You cannot love your church that way. Now, you can, but if you do, ultimately it will lead to destruction. Ultimately, it will be about you. It will be about self. And as we heard Pastor Brian preach last week about self-denial, denying yourself, picking up your cross and following after Jesus. That is who we are and what we are purpose and called to do. How can I build his kingdom when I'm thinking about myself? I won't be able to because I'm constantly thinking about building my own life, building my family, building my legacy. Can I tell you, though, when you put God first, he'll build your life. He'll build your family. He'll build your legacy. He'll build your business. If you put him in the center, if you put him first, just like Matthew 6, says, well, God would build it because you're pursuing after God and you're doing so in love. See, David pursued after God. He had an opportunity twice to kill Saul. And in this moment, the first moment, he cut the hem of his robe or a piece of his robe. And even doing that, he felt wrong. Like he did something against God, he did something against Saul. And after you read, if you continue to read, you see that David actually fell on his face and began to tell Saul, I could have killed you. Man, I had an opportunity to take your life. And he's on his face with this, on the ground, with his face on the ground, talking to Saul and telling him all these things. And he knew he was wrong. See, love 
Let me read this to you. I'm going to skip ahead because I'm looking at my time. See, the God kind of love is unconditional. Human kind of love is conditional. We have a condition to our love. There's levels of our love. Now, the Bible also obviously talks about four different types of love. We're not going to get into that yet. But I'm talking about the God kind of love first, the agape. See, that is the type of love we're supposed to have for one another. This is what the world will know you by, agape. Not filio, not eros or eros or storga. That's another word of love. No, but through agape, the God kind of love. This is how they'll know you. So don't use your excuse that I don't have to love people within the house of God. You do. In order for you to be a functioning, active member of the body, you must first love. How do you think we have unity in the church? Love. I can love you past our disagreements, past my preferences. Everyone has preferences. Everyone has opinions, and that's okay. Keep them. But it's not going to stop you or stop me from loving you. Amen? See, love or human love makes you comfortable. The God kind of love makes you uncomfortable. Can I get an amen? It causes you to do things that you don't want to do. It causes you to get out of self, to get away from your ideas and these principles and precepts that we created because of our experiences of life. And and we create this perspective because of what we've gone through and what we have encountered through other relationships. And we allow that to be the catalyst or how we see people. But can I tell you today, you need to forgive Get right in your heart. Ask God for forgiveness. Forgive that person and move on. Love suffereth long. See, there's multiple ways of how love is applied. First thing is honor. David honored Saul. In Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 13, it says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Man, that's how the church should be. That's how the body should be. How many came into this house today ready to outdo one another in honor? Deuteronomy 5.16 says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord God commanded you so that your days may be long and it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. In Hebrews 13, 4, it says, let marriage be held in honor among all. And let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexual, immoral, and adulterous. In Hebrews 13, 18, it says, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. The next is humility. Love applied, and fruit of that love is humility. Proverbs eleven two says, when pride comes, and comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Colossians 3 verse 12 says, put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. In James 4.10 it says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. See, Jesus gave two commandments to his disciples, love God and love one another. Because love fulfills all. Love fulfills everything. Love. If I love you, I won't want to steal from you. 
If I love you, I won't want to curse at you. If I love you, I won't want to say anything wrong about you and gossip behind your back. If I love you, I won't look at you in any way that doesn't seem godly and right. If I love you, I will take care of you. If I love you, I will speak highly of you. If I will love you, I will go out of my way to make sure that you are comfortable and that you have joy and that you are taken care of. That's what love is. Think about your family. You love your family, right? Come on, you love your family? Amen. If I love my family, what do I do? I go out of my way to take care of them. Today, some of you, some of you kids, some of you fathers, you took care of mom. You made her breakfast in bed. Hopefully you did. You gave her some flowers. You gave her a gift. Braden this morning gave Laney a gift. He bought it with his own money. Pretty funny. I didn't even know he did it. But he blessed his mom because he loves his mom. What about the body? How do we love the body? I show honor to you. I show humility towards you. I show integrity towards you. I function in the church. How do I function? I grow or I come under the development or spiritual development that God has placed in his church in the local body and give myself up for spiritual growth and development. If you're not growing, that means I'm not, or if I'm not growing, that means I do not love you. I owe it to you to grow. Because we are functioning as a body, one unit. If my physical body has an issue, I got to get it fixed or I can't function properly. Amen? Well, just the same way with the church body. Why are we here? Build his kingdom. How do we build his kingdom? Give myself for it. Grow. Love. That's what we're called to. Another one is unity. When love is applied, we hold unity, or we are a proponent of unity. In 1 Peter 3.8, it says, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. In Philippians 2.2, it says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in one accord or full accord, and of one mind. Colossians 3.14 says, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Have you ever heard singing, and you've heard, like, multiple harmonies? So when it comes to singing a song, you got a melody, which has the key of the song. And then you have supporting voices that sing different parts of that song, and they call them harmonies. Have you ever heard, like, a choir, and they sing, like, soprano, tenor, bass, right? Alto. And these parts all sing the same thing, but they have their own unique sound. Well, this is what unity looks like. This is what love looks like. When we all are speaking the same thing, doing the same thing, but we all have a different function. Remember, the body has different functions. We are one, but there are multiple things that we do. It's diverse. Amen? The next thing and the last thing, love applied, is obedience. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In Acts 5, verse 29, it said, and Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. In 1 John 5, 3, it says, for this love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. 
It's not a burden to keep his commands. It's a joy to follow after him, to hunger and thirst after the things of God. It's okay that we don't get to do some things that the world may do. Can I get an amen? It's good that we don't have to participate in some of those things. Amen? Because the reality of those things, they will take your life. It will give you a false sense of what love is and what hope and faith is. The Bible says this in Isaiah 119, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I want you to ask yourself these questions as we close. How do I love myself? That's important. How do you love yourself? It's important that you love yourself. I'm not talking about being weird about it and being prideful about it, but it's important that you do love yourself. How do you love your family? How do you love the church body where God has placed you and set you in? How do you love God? Maybe this week, take some time and begin to analyze what you do or what you don't do. See, because of David honoring, loving, and being obedient to God, he received victory. Eventually, Saul was killed, and Saul was, and David was placed as king over all of Israel. It was because of his love towards God. See, you'll experience victory in your life. You'll experience what you're believing for when you first love. And maybe that's the very reason why you're not seeing God work in your life or his word work in your life. It's not a matter of an issue of God working. It's really a matter of are you loving Maybe you need to get something right in your heart. Maybe you have something or an odd against your brother, against a family member. And I know you probably have every reason and right to be that way. But the God kind of love is completely counter to that. Forgive. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, Go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.